Yes, I understand. It must have been terrifying. So many unexplainable things have happened here. Um, all right, episode 10. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy. It's episode 10 already. I can't believe it, honestly. It's actually very crazy. <laughs> it's super exciting, but also, wow, like 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. 10 episodes and I want it to go uh, known that we all have been, well we all Alexis and I have been thoroughly reaching out to the Sixers to see if they want to be on our show and radio silence on their end so. <laughs> episode 10 we figured we would do a little special episode where it's just back to the roots back to how we started this thing with episode 1 of just Alexis and I just talking out what's going on and maybe not even in regards to like the craziness in the world but you know, we both just bought crickets, so we've been really <laughs> looking so we're up. crafting, we're podcasting and crafting, watching the return of the NBA and all of the, you know, welcome to the bubble vlogs that are out. Yes, guys, big news. If you haven't seen Matisse Thibault's Welcome to the Vlogs, or welcome, welcome to the Bubble <laughs> Vlogs, Welcome to the Vlogs, Welcome to the Bubble Vlogs, watch them. They're great. <laughs> Phenomenal. Like, like, like they're his, they're, and we're not just saying that because we love Matisse Thibault and the Sixers, but the content is really quite interesting and in how they have all of these routines and setups for how they test the players. And especially like with today, the MLB is like shutting down and going crazy. So, you know, so many people thought like, how well will the bubble actually work? And they haven't had a positive test in the bubble since everyone got there so the vlog is awesome the most recent vlog was episode five that came out yesterday that i've already watched about 10 times and it was awesome because you hear the players talking about the black lives movement yeah so uh if you follow any of their social media tobias harris and Matisse Thibault. Was there anyone else that went out in the protests? Uh, Elton Brand, their general manager. But but if you do follow them, you saw that they were posting pretty heavily on social media um, in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement. And they also went out into the protest. So there's a lot of cool pictures that they had put up. And they, I think it's awesome that they wanted to make it known, like, I'm supporting this movement regardless of mm-hmm. whatever's going on. But they were having, yeah, a conversation between... Matisse, Tobias Harris, Kyle Quinn, and then it looked like the it looked like somebody else was in the background, but we couldn't really tell who it was. Mm-hmm. Player and they were was. and they were talking to a who uh what, their vice the president of player development. So she must be down in the bubble with them because she was talking with them, and their whole discussion was about their like thoughts on the Black Lives Matter movement and the importance of it but then the importance of it continuing and not just being like a right now thing and what I loved so much about it was their emphasis on people educating themselves and continuing to educate themselves and I think it was Toby who said how can you have a conversation about something if you're not educated on it And that's what this whole podcast was 
you know, trying to do was it's great to go out into the protests. You know, Toby and Matisse did the same thing. But you also, if you don't educate yourself, then your protest doesn't mean anything because at some point, again, those protests end or the conversations have to come for there to be some real change. So it was really cool to hear them talking about how they, even in the bubble, wanted to continue the conversations with the team like two days a week and do more than just wear t-shirts, um, even though the t-shirts look super cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that episode was just and, and it was just awesome, again, because we talked about it with John Rosser and his episode about this, like, kind of more privileged life that athletes might be living. And they acknowledge that, but then acknowledge as well that they should be using their fame and their platform to continue to discuss these topics. Yeah. And Toby said where they get into trouble, where players get into trouble is when they're talking about something that they aren't educated on. And I think that's a really important point to make is that on top of them going out into the protests, on top of them just posting on social media, they're also showing in a lot of, in Matisse's first vlog when he got there, he just shows the books that he's reading. JaVale McGee also is doing bubble vlogs and he also posted the books that he was reading inside of the bubble um they were talking about 13th the do netflix documentary yeah. that we brought up multiple times it is this important part of this movement to educate yourself as much as possible so like i think one of them so eloquently said you know when somebody comes at you and wants to have a debate with you you can have that debate in an educated way instead of yelling and trying to just yell over each other. Um, I think no matter what, if you can't change, this is like something I think I'm coming to terms with. Okay, everyone clearly doesn't have the same heart. And I can't change your heart, right? But maybe I can make you think for a second. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just a minute, like, all right, she had a point there. And then move on about your day. And that's, I think, the part of the edge. If I have some fact that is going to make them think for a minute, like maybe what they're thinking or saying is wrong. I don't know. Maybe that's all we can do. Yeah. And I think it is because I think that's where, like, I hate using the word debate because I shouldn't have to debate this with you. It should be a discussion. It should be a conversation. And so that idea of a debate just makes it sound more like exhausting and then it turns into an argument and then both sides just get upset and nothing gets accomplished so this idea of educating yourself to have a discussion rather than a debate and like you know Melissa like you were just saying you can bring that information that you've learned and taken your time to read and understand and process yourself and share it with somebody and if someone still after that doesn't want to hear it and doesn't want to, and doesn't make the change to themselves, then that's all you can do. You can't debating with people is only going to cause you to become frustrated and tired. And that's how, you know, movements end is when people get frustrated and tired and they're like, okay, well, forget it. It's just, no one listens to me, mm -hmm. but someone, if you continue it and don't debate it and just discuss it at some point, 
it really might something you say might hit somebody for sure and i thought it was also really cool in matisse's vlog when I think Kylo Quinn just really wanted to draw on the whiteboard, but he was making a diagram and he had a list of the players' names and was saying, you know, Furkan Korkmaz might not be as comfortable having some discussions as Matisse or Ko or Tobias would be comfortable having. So we have to think about them too when we are discussing this as a team. Like what right. is going to make... Yes, they're on board... I would hope so, but maybe they're not on board with, you know, having the same discussions. And I think it was educating them so they could have some type of a discussion from a different vantage point with the people who might be disagreeing with them. And then I really also loved when K.O. was talking about making the message simple and not, I'm blanking on a word that I want to use. And like what exactly so convoluted? Yes, or... convoluted. Because I, and he said it so well in the vlog. I wish I like wrote it down word for word. Well, he did that really cool Nike analogy. Yes, he yeah. compared Nike's "Just Do It" campaign. You know how they're not saying "Just Do It" because we have the best vapor sneakers in the world and we have this hyperbolic chamber. Like they just say "Just Do It," and then you take that small statement and then people apply. Well, what's "Just Do It" mean to them? So that's right. why I think it was cool that they were saying that simple of just educate yourself mm-hmm. statement. Yeah, exactly. they even showed it working when they were leaving the hotel hallway and they were like, educate yourself. And one guy walking past like, what am I educating myself on? Like, see, it's working. <laughs> We've clearly watched this before before many times. <laughs> that we can quote it and... <laughs> it just came out yesterday. Not even a full 24 hours ago. Yeah, no, but I think that portion alone, and and Matisse said that that conversation between the three of them and, well, between all five of them, whoever was in that room, went on for two hours, and he was only showing us like four minutes out of that conversation. Um, But that, you know, there's work, there's so much work involved in this, Mm -hmm. and sitting down for two hours, that kind of just showed, like, that is dedication, like, I have so much more respect for them. Not, I had respect for them when they went out and did the protest. But now just the fact that you took two hours out of your very busy days. I'm, well, I don't know how busy they are now that they're just in the bubble. But still, of the, out of their days to sit down and talk about how they can keep this movement going in the bubble, outside of the bubble, the steps they can take, really mm-hmm. mapping it all out. I just think that that – it's just so uh, commendable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But that was also why so many NBA players didn't want to go – into the bubble because they didn't want to take away from this movement. So to see that they're actually acting on those words of, okay, well, we still came to the bubble. We have this job to do, but we can use our time in this bubble to educate ourselves and create a real action plan of how to continue to bring awareness to the movement. Yeah, and on top of Tobias Harris using his media time to mm. talk about arresting the cops of the killers of Breonna Taylor. Like, I think that yeah. was awesome to see. And you saw other NBA players following suit and kind of doing the same thing. Like, that's a that's a big move on his part to do that. Like, he's going to... Yeah, and he's continued to do it. He did it another after their scrimmage on Sunday. I think he did it, and not just after that... Um practice where he received a lot of attention for doing that and then 
you know, you had a couple other players in the NBA that followed suit and using their media time in the same way. And then you have the WNBA on the other side, um, also in a bubble in Florida, and all of the WNBA players are wearing Brown and Taylor's name on the back of their jersey. And they were talking, they um, were quoting Malcolm X and how the black woman is the most unprotected, unloved, underrepresented person in America, is what Malcolm X had quoted. And they, the interesting part is that the WNBA has, since Black Lives Matter started back in 2012, um, they've been doing work for, I'm trying to bring attention to it, but the WNBA doesn't have as much attention as the NBA, so you don't realize it. But, you know, they walked out during the national anthem, some kneeled. So there's so many different ways that athletes are still trying to continue this movement, which has been awesome to see because um, you can enjoy the sports finally being back, but also see that they're using their platform for something bigger than themselves. Yeah, I, I like, I guess I've been feeling just, and I know you've been feeling it too, frustrated, tired. I, I saw this great, like, I there's this YouTuber, Chris Clemens, I was telling you about, and he's a really big advocate for LGBTQ+, as well as Black Lives Matter movement, and he's on YouTube, and he's just been calling celebrities and YouTubers out for not using their platform or for going out and partying and posting it on YouTube and thinking that that's so cool to do in a pandemic. And this company had reached out to him and like wrote him a letter and I took a picture of it because I was like, yes, that is so true. Him and his roommate are like really for just speaking up and they had, it was a company mailing him. He's vegan. So they're mailing him vegan meats, but they wrote, uh, we of course love you both for the laughs you bring, but we also wanted to thank you both for being leaders and inspiring and encouraging people to wake up. Living with that kind of compassion can be heavy at times. And I just feel like I've been feeling that heaviness. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder, yes, I, I love that the athletes are using their platform, but I don't know. I wish that I could just watch a sport and still like get away for two hours and not oh, think yeah. about it. So does them using their platform during the game, even when I was watching baseball, like I love to see all the opening day, all the Yankees players were kneeling before the national anthem, which was an interesting move to make. But I'm like, ah, I miss when I could just watch it and be gone for three hours and not think about it. And I know that that's selfish. It's a selfish thing to say. Right. But I know I'm not alone in thinking that. I know. I think it too. But then what I what brings me back is that's the privilege of being able to, at some point, we were able to escape it. And that's the privilege that we all have to accept if we were ever able to watch a sporting event or do anything and not have to think about these social justice issues. So as like tired as I am and as you know often as I wish I could escape it and go back to life a year ago you know that's I think about okay but what if this is like really the time that something can change and then I'm right. like okay I'll record the podcast again like sometimes I get really tired before having to record these because I'm just like oh my gosh it's another week and we're still 
going and we're still talking about this like can we just do something fun a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah but then you get the feedback from people who are like i'm so happy that you're doing this and you know a friend of mine i've grown up with her and i hope she doesn't mind and I'm, i'm not using her name but she and I like went and we got lunch not too long uh, last week and we were talking about this podcast and um I talked to her because we grew up together I've known her since elementary school and we were talking about these girls that were asking me about the petition for our high school that we were on that zoom call with and you know she then went my friend that I had lunch with went off to talk to a couple of her friends and they were like telling her about all how they were how they read or watched 13th and how they'd been reading a couple of different books and they're having these discussions and my friend texted me and was like I'm feeling very inadequate that I haven't done more that I haven't really been listening to your podcast I've only you know seen you posting about it and I really want to take the time now to read and watch things so what would you recommend so it was just awesome because from us still doing this podcast and people still having these discussions people are now starting like there's never it's never too late to start it's never too late to jump in and educate yourself and I feel like that's where I'm nervous we're getting to is people are like oh well I didn't order those books like a month ago, but you can order them now. Like why don't stop or don't keep hesitating because why? Like what do you hesitate? What do people hesitate for? And my friend listened to our entire podcast. I met up with her last week, either it must've been Thursday or Friday and Thursday. And she texted me, on Sunday and said she had listened to all of our episodes except for stamped. And then she sent her boyfriend to my house today to pick up a copy of the young adult version of stamped so she could read it before listening to the episode. So, you know, you have to take action to educate yourself and as tired as we are and frustrated, I think about like, okay, I feel so tired before this podcast, but it changed. It took the podcast led to a conversation that led to more conversations that led to now someone and some people will read the book. It's that ripple effect. Yeah. And I think it's also important for people to hear that we are still, you and I are still having a conversation where I'm questioning, you know, I feel guilty that I feel this way about not being able to just zone out and watch sports. Like that's a conversation I haven't, we haven't had before, but right you and I are not hashing things out, but having a conversation all the time. And I think that's important. Like they don't have to stop or you don't have to, you should be, you should surround yourself with people who you feel like you can have these conversations with also, Mm -hmm. um, as well as educating yourself, but questioning things too, uh, like that. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, you and I do so well with is like, we can laugh about having, bought cricket machines and analyzing all of the welcome to the bubble vlogs, whether JaVale's or Matisse's and like be cracking up, crying, laughing. But then in the next moment, be like, Oh my gosh, can you believe this person posted this? Or did you see this video or whatever? And that balance of 
the lightness and the heaviness is what people should strive for in a friendship relationships because without it like if we were just always laughing and having fun there's no substance there's no substance like what are we friends about yeah and hopefully he releases all of that conversation conversation whether it's through just audio or the video like Mm -hmm. i'd like to hear the whole thing well it's interesting because there's quite a few people who commented this idea of like no you should release the whole thing because i think it also shows how to have the conversation and what the conversations could possibly sound like i think that's also why we were making this podcast is because we wanted to help our students and coworkers and just people that we knew have mm-hmm. these conversations and giving them conversation topics and discussion points. So yeah. I would love if they posted that. And I think it's a, it really, that is such a positive outlook to have on it. Anytime I'm tired before doing this, just a thing like, cause we get texts every week of people saying like, we love this episode or thank you. And I think that is so nice and motivating. And I think, like I said, in one of the episodes, if this is the only thing that you're doing for the movement, then there's so much being said in this and there's so many resources and there's so much conversation being had that I think it's one step closer to doing something right for it. So, but watch Matisse's vlogs as well. If you would like to come to us also for your, the NBA bubble vlog recommendations, we're your girls for that too, because anytime there's a new one, we text each other. And, you know, since we don't do anything, we usually will watch them at the same time and really share our thoughts and, and, analyze them as thoroughly as possible and we watch people's reactions to them so we're we're well versed in the vlog nba vlogger game my only gripe is that ben simmons is not featured enough in matisse's i'm not sure why that is anyway (laughs) um so i was taking Um, a Peloton ride and the one instructor that I ride was doing another like speak up ride and she had mentioned so she is black and she had mentioned that when she first started working for Peloton a lot of people were not taking her ride and she had expressed to her like team members like do you think that people aren't taking my ride because I'm too black and she said that after her first so this was her second speak up ride after her first speak up ride she was getting a lot of messages on instagram of people saying honestly i always swiped over your rides because i would see your picture and think that we would have nothing in common and i'm like and she was and to be and she like was so positive about it and was like i appreciated their honesty and i appreciated like them saying I'm sorry I thought that way Mm -hmm. but I I guess I never thought that I never I don't know it it opened my eyes again to something that I had never thought about before that people like just swiped over a ride because they looked at somebody and were like but if you compare that to real life people look over people in real life because they don't think that they would find them relatable or whatever but it was just kind of crazy to hear and then she had said that she she always wears her hair in braids, like always. And she said she took her hair out of braids for five months because she felt that the braids were making her look too black. And that's why people weren't taking her ride also. Wow. I. That's so interesting because I feel like 
almost the opposite about whenever I have braids in. Oh, really? Because they're like long and like, you know, an extension. And for so many people, that's like the ideal of beauty is like long hair and my natural hair isn't long, which like I, I, I personally don't care about. But whenever I have braids, like people will like make comments of like, oh my gosh, I like your hair so much better like that. Or, oh yes, like you have your braids back. So for me, it was always like, okay, people like seem to like me better with them in. So mm. I, it's interesting that she says that. Yeah, that is interesting. I guess maybe because she thinks people are associating her braids with like African, like just and like I'm really sure. traditionally African right. hair. And I'm sure, too, depending on when she started as a Peloton instructor and, like, Peloton's just recently gotten big and it's expensive. So who are the people that are owning Pelotons and how many of those people that are owning Pelotons are in contact with people who wear braids? Like, people who say that to me are, like, good friends of mine and have seen me with braids throughout the summer and parts of the year like throughout my whole life so it's a good point that's probably also why she thought about taking them out because it is a black hairstyle so for people to see her with braids I guess in the Peloton world however long ago even probably now like the Peloton is woof that's ex- like it's a good chunk of change so mm-hmm. even now you know you probably have more people due to this movement and people being a little more open clearly because she's getting the messages, but it's crazy because people can be so we lived in closed off worlds. You live in your community and if you don't travel and get out of it, then you don't know anything else. Right. Um, the, another instructor, Alex Tucson is also a black male and he has said, he's also done a few of these rides. Um, and he said in one of them, he's like, I know that for a lot of you, I'm probably the only black person in your household. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I was like, wow, that's so true. Uh, it, that's just facts. And he was like, but so then he said, like, if you're going to be nice to me and if you're going to take my classes and you're going to support me, like you need to support my community as well. Mm. So I think it's great, you know, shout out to Peloton for giving them a platform also and like letting them speak their mind. I think uh, it's also commendable that when companies allow their workers to address topics like this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because there's so many that don't. I mean, there was that controversy with Starbucks where they weren't at first letting their workers wear anything for the for Black Lives Matter. And then they got a lot of backlash. So then they changed their tune. And it's like, mm, but now it kind of looks like you're just changing your tune because of the backlash you faced. Right. But then, like, are we just happy that they changed their tune? Right. Yeah. Right. I don't. Right. I, yeah, I don't know. Right. Are we? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> Because it's not like, it's not the Starbucks worker's fault. It's whoever owns the stocks in Starbucks that's made that decision. You know, it's not right. the little men on the totem pole. It's the big guy on the totem pole that we have to be mad at. And I think I even like lose sight of that at times. Mm-hmm. Did you say you were writing down notes from 13th? Yeah, the only thing I put down from 13th is, I always think it was interesting when they were talking about the criminal justice system and how mm-hmm. uh, they had said that, we have a criminal justice system that treats you better if you're rich and guilty than if you are black and poor. 
Yeah, and we talked about that in what one of the podcasts when I was reading like those different sentences that people have. Mm-hmm. I think what has been so interesting to me is that people who watch 13th and have like I liked 13th. I thought it was very well done. I thought the information was great, but I think because I I knew so much of it already. It's exactly like, from it's exactly what I was thinking too. Like I was like okay, this is everything I've either already read or watched recently. So that's what I was telling my friend who I got lunch with. I was like, if you want to start, watch 13th, because if you read stuff and then go back and watch 13th, you won't have the same reaction as other people who are like, wow, this is so eye-opening. Because Right, yes. To me, and I was like, I'm glad that you agree, because to me, I just thought, Again, it was like, okay, this is cool, but it's well done. But it wasn't like this stopping my life, like, wow, 13, now I have to do all these things. It was like, I was watching it and I was like, oh, I already know all this. So maybe I'll like watch something else or like I paused it to read something and then went back to it. It's a great starting point. Yes. Great starting point. If you are not familiar with a lot of the stories, with a lot of scenarios, with a lot of policies that have been put in place, with a lot of history behind America, I think it's a great starting point because you will want to research, like, branch off from it. Yeah. But I think because, and not to sound like pretentious or anything, but because this has been something that I thought about for a really long time, that a lot of those, like you were saying, the stories... I knew them or I knew the history behind it. Um, So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't as like monumentally, oh my God, I never thought about this before moment. Right, right. But still great, well done. Very well done. I love, I can never pronounce the last name, but the director, Ava do, Ava D, she also did When They See Us. Um, because everything she does is so well-researched and well-put-together and well-produced. And so, like, I thought, again, it's a great starting point. And that's why I recommended it to my friend the other last week. I was like, watch 13th and then read. Because mm-hmm. 13th could also help you decide, like, topics to focus on. Are you going to focus on education? Are you focusing on mass incarceration? Are you focusing on just like general history? Are you focusing on this idea of colorism? Like, what is it? Are you focusing on redlining? Like, I texted her literally a whole list of topics because I think that is where people can feel overwhelmed is I want to start. I don't know where to start. And so that's, and that's pretty much what she said. And that's why I told her like, sorry, 13th, because you see all these books and like, you know, I did it too. I made a whole Google site of, resources but okay they all sound great but what should i read first and the thing is it doesn't really matter what you read first but watching 13th allows you um to kind of have different topics introduced to you to see like okay this idea of mass incarceration i could read the new jim crow oh this idea of redlining i can read color of law i can read a fiction book, The Vanishing Half, that talks about colorism and passing as another race. Like, it's a good starting point. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I never thought of it that way because, you know, 
if you've been doing this, if you've been interested or looking into this stuff for a while, it's like it layers up, right? Like you're constantly building your depth of knowledge because you're constantly adding more to it. But there are a lot of people that are just starting right now and are feeling overwhelmed. So yeah, totally. Um, great point. Did not think of that. And honestly, it hasn't even like I've been doing it for that long. I think this is where like I have my own. Well, I, I, privilege I or... you've consciously been doing it. Right. Long. And that's right. Because I live it. So I didn't like feel like I had to read about it. So then when I, but then when we were, went and we watched uh, Just Mercy and I was starting to listen to Just Mercy, I never was able to finish it. Um, Even that's kind of what slim. I Yes. When oh we God. went and watched Queen and Slim, like that was even before Just Mercy. Yeah. So going, and it was like not that far apart either. So it was even just watching those two films. Like I had never watched 13th, but it was always on my watch list. But then watching Just Mercy and then reading more about Brian Stevenson and his goals and his work. Um, led me to know more about mass incarceration and how it came from the 13th Amendment. And I went down my rabbit hole in that way rather than watching 13th. So it's not like, you know, even I haven't been consciously educating myself on this for years. I, two years ago, probably, I took a group of students in the African American Cultural Club to Rutgers Camden to sit in an African studies class. And then after that, it was kind of like always in the back of my mind. And then I just kind of kept feeling this like tug on my soul. Like you should probably do some more education on this. All right, guys, if you've been with us for 10 episodes, uh, thank you. Shout out. Thank you very much. We really appreciate the support. The reactions have been great. And it's definitely what helps us log on once or twice a week to record and to edit and to post on social media throughout the week. So we really do appreciate the support um, and hope you'll continue to stay with us as we continue to figure out what this looks like as we go on. Yeah. And like we said, we're not going to, we're not wanting to give it up when summer's over. So I know we've gotten a few people that have said, Hey, I'd like to be on. So still like, if you're interested in wanting to be a guest or if you have topics, like reach out to uh, Alexis or I, and you know, we'd be more than happy to have you on the show and just hear any kind of perspective teacher or not anyone that, you know, feels like they want to just come on and talk. Yeah. A student, a everyday person in a different career. That's where I think, you know, mostly you and I are is when we, our first original guests like Kareem Fisher and Alaya Braxton, we knew we wanted them on because them being our African-American colleagues and not having many in the building that we've discussed, we wanted to get their perspective coming really hot off of the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement um and the protests and so now you know we're trying to come up with some new ideas so we you know in our next our 11th episode um is christina sabati who worked with us and she texted us about ideas she wanted to talk about and come on here so this is a platform for everybody that um we hope that some more of you want to take advantage of yeah So reach out, definitely.